0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Evergreen Exchange podcast. My name is Tyler Hay and I'm the CEO of Evergreen Gobcal. This deep dive episode will cover a topic that's been getting a lot of attention of late and that is special purpose acquisition companies, more commonly referred to as SPACs. I'm fortunate to be joined by subject matter expert, Rob Malin, who's a senior partner at the law firm Kano Gates. He has over 30 years experience in this space and I hope he will provide some valuable insight to our listeners. As always, we encourage you to support our podcast by reviewing them. Thanks and hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I'm joined by Robert Maitland, a senior partner at k Gates who's spent over 35 years um, in the SPAC space, a pretty hot topic today, which is why we've asked him to join us. Um, we've gotten lots of questions from our readers and followers on, on SPACs. And so we thought, who better than than Rob to come join us and tell us a little bit about it. So Rob... Talk about SPACs, why they're so hot today, and give our our, uh, listeners just a brief high level overview of of what a SPAC is.
1: Sure. Thank you, Tyler, for hosting me today. So, SPACs are a bet on a management team who take the SPAC public and raise anywhere from 100 to 500 million, although some SPACs have hit as high as 4 billion these days, but that's more of an anomaly. And you're betting on this management team if they're able to find a good target company to acquire within 18 to 24 months, because that's the lifespan of a SPAC, typically. They have a limited amount of time to find a good target. And the great thing about a SPAC, unlike a lot of other bets you make in the market, is that all of the IPO proceeds, so all of the investor's money, gets put into an escrow account, 100% of it and it earns treasury return, but it's a safe investment. So essentially it becomes a free look to see what this management team can pull off. And typically an investor is, I always describe it as they're betting on the horse and the jockey, and the horse is the industry that the SPAC team has proposed, be it semiconductors, retail, pick your favorite industry. And if you have an experienced SPAC management team, you know, former investment bankers, private equity people, former entrepreneurs that have been very successful in other areas. It's giving a retail investor a chance to make that private equity bet in a public setting with 100% of your money protected.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Why all of a sudden are these, is the concept of here's a blank check to a bunch of people we don't know. Um, and hoping that they find something that works. Why is this concept all of a sudden trending so hot in the markets today?
1: That, that's a great question. So SPACs have been around blank checks for you know, 25, 30 years at this point, but they've never been that hot and they've never raised as much money as they've have recently. The big change is when the SPAC team has negotiated an agreement with a target company, a private company, that is choosing to go public through the SPAC market, as opposed to a traditional IPO, there's usually a backing of a pipe transaction, private investment into a public e- entity. So those pipes are providing anywhere from a hundred million to $800 million these days to support the acquisition of the target. And all those pipes are led by very large institutional investors that are putting bets anywhere from 25 to 50 million dollars in leading pipe investment and they sign up a subscription agreement that commits them with no outs at the time that the merger agreement is signed up with the target company and then you know you roll forward probably about 60 days until closing could be a little bit longer you know it's just like any other M&A transaction with a public element, so you have to get SEC approval, you have to get NASDAQ approval, you get, have to obtain um, antitrust approval. You also have to obtain the shareholder of the SPAC has to approve the transaction. So you get a vote if you're in favor of the transaction. But most investors are betting yes on a transaction and they have the comfort that someone else has done, you know, heavy due diligence on the target approved the value that's been agreed to between the SPAC team and the target company, and they put real money at risk uh, early on. So that's the comfort level when you're investing in a SPAC that hopefully, and this is the big risk, that the SPAC team will be able to find the right target. Another thing I should point out, the SPAC sponsor, even though they're getting 20% of the deal essentially for free when they do the public offering, They've also put in about three and a half percent of either their money or private investors' money to support the SPAC IPO. So they have money at risk, and all that money is at risk. They won't get it back if there's not a deal done. Unlike a public investor, who can.
0: Got it. Why? Um, so you're suggesting that it's it's more of a regulatory change. Um, because I think there's a lot of people out there that look at SPACs and they've had a bad reputation in the past, and maybe you could comment on why that is. Um, but you know, I think that there's a lot of people out there that think SPACs are just a function of the you know the Fed uh, money printing bubble that that we're in. Do you agree with that, or you think it's more a function of the regulatory environment than the economic environment?
1: I, I think it is more of an economic environment where much larger funds have jumped into the SPAC world and see their value um, because it's a quicker way to raise money. And the reality is a target company that's considering an, a traditional IPO versus the SPAC transaction. The SPAC transaction is about a month to two months quicker to the public um, d- day, You know, the trading of the now the target company instead of going through the SC, longer SEC process in a traditional IPO, and most importantly, you cut out. I don't know if your readers have heard. You know the the first day pop, that is always frustrating to companies where they've agreed to sell their stock, say at twenty dollars, and the stock pops to a hundred. If you're on the i private company that went public, you're looking at that eighty dollars as value that you've given away, uh, that you could have negotiated a better price. And usually, the underwriter is the one that's negotiating. With the target, and also has its interest of its, um, you know, public investing clients. So they're already stuck in the middle and trying to balance the right price. But they do, they're right. getting, you know, a good pop to the uh, first day trading because that means if your broker brought you that deal, you'll buy the next one from her. Sure. Um, so that you eliminate that in the SPAC or the DSPAC transaction, because the target company has negotiated that value. Upfront, at the time they sign the deal, and since you're getting the pipe players coming in and validating that valuation, there's no change. You know exactly how much money you're going to raise at closing, and you hope that value holds up. That's the difference. You know, post um, closing of the transaction, the stock can soar, it can trade flat, or it can you know fall back to earth. And the SPACs are all over the place right now in value. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: What would you say? I mean, I hear you said that the that the sponsors of the SPAC have to put in three point five percent of the money. But to me, what and I think you'd agree that they're not doing this, you know, because they're putting in three point five percent. They're they're doing this because if it's a success, they get twenty percent of the promote on the upside. So, do you think that there's just an inherent Risk bias of of the sponsors to swing for the fences for home run only type companies as opposed to buy something that's going to return eight or ten percent, which is respectable. But in the you know, if you're a SPAC sponsor, you're probably not signing up. You're probably not in the game for
1: that. Bill, you have to look at the SPAC sponsor. They come in at zero, if you know, depending on where they got the three and a half percent from, and their twenty percent will get diluted down by the shares um, issued to the, the private company, the target. So at the end of the day, if the target is usually ending up somewhere 65 to 80% uh, post-close of the value, so their 20% along with the public has been reduced You know, 20 of 20 at that point. So their number's lower. They're not necessarily swinging for the fences. They want a deal that trades well goes up. It doesn't have to be the home run, but a nice steady return, you know, if they sold the deal at 10 and it's now trading 20 to 30 range, that's great. And it stays steady because they don't exit uh, at least to usually for a year after the deal's closed. So they really have to step around. They don't they don't get out day one. So that's mm-hmm. also something to keep in mind. They want the company to grow nicely. They want to do SPAC two, SPAC three, they become serial entrepreneurs like any big private equity fund would or merchant. Okay. Fund. So since you are writing a
0: blank check to sponsors, I mean, how what would you say to investors who are, you know, thinking of investing in the spec? What are some things that that you would identify as positives, you know, when they're when they're performing their analysis and, and kind of maybe what might be some red flags?
1: I think it's reputational. So you you have, and I, I don't want to name names, but you have like a former baseball player now doing a SPAC. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you I am a Yankee fan. So <laughs> uh-huh. But he's a smart businessman, also. If it was, you know, if Shaq was doing a SPAC, and I think he might be, um, he's also done well post career. If it's someone that doesn't have the business acumen and the bona fides to say, you know, they know what they're doing. That's, that's something to consider. Um, What's his name? Paul Ryan, the former speaker of the house, sure. involved with us back. I'm not sure that would be, I wouldn't call it a red flag, but that's not attractive to me as an investor. So Sure.
0: Like, and you have guys, I mean, you have real players. I mean, Bill Ackman's involved. I mean, you have, you have yeah. real financial minds that are doing this. So, yeah. you know, it does, I mean, it certainly is running the gambit from ex baseball players to, you know, renowned hedge fund managers. And so I think that your point's well taken that, you know, the sponsor's pedigree is probably the biggest bet that you're making.
1: Right, and you look at the people coming into, you mentioned Ackman, you know, that validates the SPAC concept. You know, it is it a bubble right now? Yeah, it's overheated, the SPAC market, both on the SPAC IPOs and looking for targets. How long does the market hold up? I, I have no idea. I, if i had a great crystal ball like that i, I wouldn't be a lawyer now so <laughs>
0: i guess one, one last question is is if you're if you're a private company you know why are private companies open to this i mean is it just simply that it's a less burdensome process versus the ipo route is that why private companies would do this and and i guess a, a follow on question to that is when you're giving a sponsor you know when you're writing this blank check do they have a target company identified that they're going after or are they literally raising the money first? And then it's like, we're going to come up with an idea. You know, we have 24 months to perform due diligence and locate a company, or is it somewhere in between? Some have really, you know, highly selected targeted companies and some people literally have no clue. They're just raising the money because this is a good time to be raising a SPAC and they'll figure out the idea or the the target company later.
1: Uh, Hopefully they have no idea. They just, the rule is they can't have an agreement orally, written, direct, indirect with a target. Because if they did, then the target is the one that should be going public, not the blank check company. But they should have a deep understanding of what their targets are and how many companies and what the values are so they know. Because typically, a, um, a target company is five times the amount of this, what's raised in the SPAC IPO. So if you raise a hundred million you're looking at a 500 million dollar target company you know 200 million dollar IPO could shoot for a billion dollar company that's that's the usual math so their experience they've identified targets maybe they've chatted with them to see how interested people would be in a transaction but they can't talk values they can't offer real terms that's an absolute no no you You'd go to uh, what I like to call SEC jail, even though nothing exists. That's the good name for it. You also asked why the targets are going through it. Targets view it as a a good liquidity event for their shareholders and and employees. As I said before, it's quicker than an IPO. And actually, the values are the highest with a SPAC than with the IPO proceeds because of the uh, first day pop. Another private equity fund, you know, they're buying it with leverage, where most SPACs are buying things with equity here. So that makes a difference. Your, your rate of return is um, quite different because you don't, you don't have to have, uh, you know, Mesdet or other things to buy in. And it's, you know, part of it is people enjoy being public companies. Gives them a, hopefully they're not the next Elon Musk in terms of communication, wow. but they enjoy that reputational.
0: Got it. Robert, is there anything that, that I've omitted that you would like to add to this back conversation?
1: No, I think we've covered a lot of issues. So not, nothing comes to mind right now. Well, thank you, Robert. I, I want to be sensitive to your time.
0: And, and I know our listeners are um, really appreciative to have someone of your experience uh, explain this topic to them. So appreciate you taking taking the time.
1: Happy to be here, Tyler. Have a great day. Thanks, Robert.